Praise the Lord. Did y'all come to praise him this morning? Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, right now, God, I pray for preaching power, all of you and none of me. Hide me, Father, behind your cross. Holy Spirit, take over to preach your holy word to us, your people. Because, Father, we need to hear a word from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Amen. It's all about the worship. That's what we came here for. It's all right. If you get excited, you want to clap, you want to shout, please do so. Because don't, don't, don't think I'm going to look at you funny. Because I do the same thing. This is the day the Lord has made. Make it personal. Worship him how you want to worship him. Let, let, let your heart be happy. Let your heart be filled with joy when you leave here saying, Lord, I had a good time with you today. It's all right to be excited. Don't you want to feel that when you spend time with other people and say, man, that was a good time. I can't wait till next time. That's how it should be on Sunday. Lord, I had a good time. I can't wait till next time. We're dealing with knowing God. On the front of your bulletin, if you didn't know, you know, God would like to introduce himself to you. <laughs> it's a blessing in knowing who God is. When you know God, there's a lot of other things you get to know. We're going to spend some time in the book of Joshua this morning, dealing with the first chapter, verses 1 through 9. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, we'll begin reading with verse 1. And we'll read to verse 9. Joshua's in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua. Right there. And if you need some more assistance, if you still don't know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, well, you can just look in the table of contents. And it will give you a page number. And you can be right there with us. There's no shame. Look in the table of contents. That's why they put it there. Because I use it myself. Joshua, first chapter, starting at verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall thread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even the great river, the river Euphrates, 
all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithsoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithsoever thou goest. Let us say amen. I'm going to label this morning's message, No God Will Not Leave You. How do you know God will not leave you? How is it that you have a relationship with somebody and you trust them to be there? You decided that I will believe you to say you're going to do what you said you're going to do. In other words, when you become married, you say those vows, I will love you, I will cherish you till what? Till death. Do us all. I said in sickness and health and, and poor and rich. Saying no matter the circumstances, no matter the issues, no matter how difficult the problems may be, guess what? I will be there. And that's a sense of trust, knowing that I am in a committed relationship with someone who is also committed to me. And see here, we dealing with trust in a relationship. How is it that you have come to trust people? Oftentimes because they built trust in you. You're going from previous experiences. They haven't failed me before, so I don't think they'll fail me now. Or you go just by their word. They say they will do it. I will trust them to do what they said they're going to do. And how bad it hurts when people we trust, people we confide in, let us down. And when they let us down, it's so hard for us to open ourselves back up to trust somebody else, let alone trust them again. Because they hurt us so deep. We trust them so much. But yet it seemed like that trust that we gave them meant nothing to them. Because they portrayed us. There's a song popular from in the, back in the day, but I liked it so much, I'm going to bring it back to you. James Brown says, you sold me out for chicken change, saying that oftentimes we get mistreated, turned over for something that was worth nothing, and it hurts so deep. 
I thought I could trust you. I thought I could confide in you, but you showed me that I am worth nothing to you. But in that song, James Brown's talking about the big payback. <laughs> He's talking about how I'm going to pay you back for how you did me wrong. But I'm here to tell you this morning that we serve a God that will still love us even when we do him wrong. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that to me, that is so amazing because how can God say that to me when he knows I'm about to do some things he does not like? God knows I am not going to be perfect. God knows I will choose not to be perfect. I'm talking about me. I don't know about you. But there's sometimes that Sam already decided what he's not going to do. God says, Sam, to do this. Sam said, I already made up my mind. God, you're too late. Maybe that's just me. I, maybe y'all perfect. But there's times in our lives when we willfully disobey God. We know I should have spoke a word of love, but yet I cut that person down because I was mad. I know I should have let that person get in front of me, but yet I'm more important than them, so they shall be last. There be times when I said I would give you my last meal, but I was hungry too, so I ate it. See, there's times we already made up our mind that I'm going to take care of me first. And then if I have anything left over, I might take care of you. But God is not so. No God will not leave you. How do I know God will not leave me? Well, I just look at Joshua for a moment. Joshua has a relationship with God. And God is letting Joshua know, look here. You know I will not leave you nor forsake, but since you need some help, since you need some confirmation, since you need some assurance, I'm just going to let you know the history of me. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means for 40 years, you saw me with you and Moses. For 40 years, you saw me perform miracles. You saw me bring food out of the sky, water come out of the rock. You walked on dry land in between the Red Sea. You saw plagues happen while you were still in Egypt. You saw armies come against you but could not beat you because I was there for you. You saw a cloud by day and a fire by night. Why? Because I have always been with you. Not even that. You seen my presence on the mountain and it shook the mountain so much so that the people said, Lord, don't talk to us. Just talk to Moses. So Joshua is aware of the relationship God has with his people. And so Joshua has confirmation in knowing that God would never leave him nor forsake him because God told him so. You see, how do I know God would not leave me nor forsake him? First of all, he's going to, he told me so. God is a keeper of his word. God does not just say and not do. God is not only a man of his word, but he's also a man of action. God will perform exactly what he said he will perform. The only problem in that with us is that we want it to be performed immediately. But God just told him, look, I'm going to take you into the promised land. You're not there yet. I want you to understand you may not be where you ought to be right now in your life. You may be feeling that somebody broke your trust. You feel like there's nobody you can trust, but there is a God. 
that you can put all your trust in. You can put everything that you have in him. And guess what? He will return your investment a hundred times fold. Because when you place your trust in God, God will take your trust and show you how far you can go. God let Joshua know, look, every place your feet will touch, I'm giving this land to you. Now, this is kind of obvious, but yet not so obvious. Why? Because Joshua's going to a strange land. He's going places he's never been before. These people have been in captivity. They have not been able to freely roam and go where they want to go. But God said, I'm going to take my people out of Egypt and into the promised land. Why? Because I promised it to Abraham. And, and from Abraham all the way down to you, I'm going to keep my promise. What does that mean? That means this. There's nothing that will stop God's word. No matter how much we have trials and tribulations within our family. God still is in the blessing business. It's by his grace and his mercy. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Did you hear that this morning? Knowing that God said, I will always be with you. Therefore, my grace and my mercy will be with you. Joshua is being reaffirmed of how good God is. Look here. At, at verse 5, he says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, my Lord. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And what God is saying is, look, Joshua, with me, with you, guess what? Nobody that come against you will win. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God for me, who can be against me? God is letting Joshua know, I'm telling you, I'm going to reaffirm you, let you know that people will come against you. And watch this. It's not only just your enemies. It might be some of your friends and your family that might come against you. But when you're standing in the comforts of God and you're staying obedient to him, they will not prosper. That might be hard for somebody to understand because you just haven't trusted him yet. I, I want you to understand. Taste and see how good he really is. I, I know we get concerned that I don't want to hurt my friends and my family by saying something that might harm them. But yet, if you're talking the truth, it's going to hurt anyway. But yet, sometimes we need to be hurt in order to be healed. How is it that oftentimes if you break something, they got to re-break it so it can heal right? They can put you through more pain in the pain you're already in so that you can mend. God knows what you need to go through in order for you to be whole. The, if he has to break you, he will break you in order to make you whole. Why will God do such a thing? Because he loves you. But yet, we have to obey him. And God is telling Joshua something that's not new. In Deuteronomy 31, 6 verse, he said it before, be strong and of good courage. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Means this, God will not abandon his people and leave them defenseless. God will always say you are my child, my Lord. How oftentimes parents 
may feel ashamed of their children. When they did something that they know they had no business in doing. And they really didn't want everybody to know that that was their child. But they had to acknowledge because the truth was always going to be revealed. And, and, and we have a father that said, I will never disown you. I will never leave you. Even when you do things that are not of me, guess what? I still will be your God. I still will call you my people. I still will not leave you abandoned. What is that saying right now? You may be going through some stuff in your life and you feel like God is not present in your life. But guess what? He's still here. We just need to open up our eyes to see, Father, I'm sorry. I was just trusting myself more than trusting you. You got to rely on him. How do we rely on him? Well, first and foremost, you just trust him. That he will lead them and guide them in the way. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto the fathers to give them. God is letting us know through Joshua that, look, I'm going to complete my promise. I'm going to give you the promised land. You will divide it. You will divide it. See, Joshua is already told the end of his journey, but the journey is just beginning. How often do we have our vision of where we want to be? Whether it be a doctor, whether it be married, whether it be your children graduated, whether it be a lawyer, whether it be retired, but you've realized that there's a journey just to get there. And through that journey is when you realize how much more you need to depend on God. Joshua is being reminded by God, look, I have a great goal for you and your people in your life. But guess this, but guess what? You have to trust me. How do I know he has to trust him? God tells him to be obedient. Look at verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do the according to all the law. All of it, not part of it, all of it, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with whatsoever thou goest. Then look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt what? Meditate. Now, when I was studying this and reading this, it, it pierced my heart real deep. First, God is telling him that I'm going to take you into a place. But yet, in order for you to get there, you need to be obedient to me. In order for you to be obedient, you first need to take heed to all of the law. All of the law. Now, what is the law? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those books are the books of Moses and all the law. These are their scriptures. These are their texts that they go by. And God is telling Joshua to obey it all. How many here know all of the Constitution? All of the amendments? Know all of the state and regulations of the United States? Know all the states and regulations for the, your, your, the, your city of Peoria? Know all the rules and the codes and the guidelines for your workplace? You see... We don't always know all these things, but we think we do because we think we're doing what we should be doing. But God has said, I don't want you to go by what you think you should be doing. I want you to go by what I said for you to do. In order for you to know what I said, you need to read it. 
How often do you read your word? You say, God, speak to me, but you're not trying to hear him. You say, Father, guide me, but you're not reading the directions. You say, Father, heal me, but you're not taking the prescription. You see, we say, God, I want you when it's convenient, but I'm not willing to work to have a relationship with you. Relationship takes 100 and 100 to make one. It's not 50-50. I, I know we sometimes get in relationships and we say there's some things I'm just not going to give up. Well, then you're not trying to have a relationship. You're just trying to use somebody for your own privileges. When I want you, then I want you. And when you're not there when I want you, then I don't want you. And so I'm going to make you feel bad for not being there for me. But when I'm not there for you, you're supposed to understand. I think I might be talking to somebody. But God says, look, I am working on your behalf, but you don't want to give back anything to me. I give you everything that I have, which is perfect, lacking nothing, but you want to lack everything and just give me something. I ask just for 10% of your tithes and offering, but you can't even give me that. You just give me whatever you have in your pocket. But when you go out, you make sure you have enough for a tip. For a ride there and a ride back. When you go on vacation, you make sure you have enough to buy you gifts. But when you come to me, you ask for gifts. But you can't give me your life. You hide parts of your life. You think that you can keep it in the darkness. But do you not understand darkness is light to me? I see you when you are in the dark because I am light. And light is wrapped around me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're living in a lie, but I am truth, and the truth will set you free. You're in bondage, not because I put you in bondage, but because you want to live in bondage. All you have to choose is to be set free. You might be thinking, how can I be set free? Well, it's quite simple. Jesus came, and he died, and he rose again, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when you call on his name, it's amazing how everything just passes away and you can enjoy a new life, a life that's living with him. Joshua is being told by God, look, I'm about to take you from this bondage place. I'm about to take you from this journey in this wilderness to the promise. But it's a journey. But you have to know that God will always be there. I know it gets rough sometimes. And we feel that we just won't make it. But God is letting Joshua know, look, even when people come against you, guess what? I'll still be there. Look, you're going to a strange land, but guess what? I'm giving that to you. You see, God is confirming his promises in Joshua's life, letting him know that wherever you go, guess what? I'm there. When people come against you, guess what? I'm still there. And guess what? Where I really dwell in my word and read my word, then it says meditate on the word. What does it mean to meditate on the word? It picked up a practice that I start doing now that I really never did before. And that's to read God's word out loud. Why do you read his word out loud? Because when you read it out loud, you hear what you're saying. And when you hear what you're saying, you try to understand what you're hearing. And so when I'm reading it out loud and I hear it come back to me, it pierces my heart. Say, Sam, are you doing what you're hearing? <laughs> when I read it, I can just read it and close it. But when I say it, it sticks in my mind. 
It sticks in my heart. Think about it. how do you know lyrics to a song? Not from reading it, but from hearing it. How did you learn the urban vernacular? You didn't read it. You heard somebody say it. You did not read the word bling bling. You did not read the word rolling on doves. You heard somebody say it. And from hearing them say it, it came into your mouth and now comes out of your mouth. Well, you need to put the word of God in your mouth so it can come out your mouth. That way the word will not depart from thee, but will always be in thee. When will it be in me? The times I need to lean back, not on my own understanding, but trust God. When God is wanting me to know that, look, Sam, you're about to go somewhere. You should not go. It reminds me, oh, Lord, I need to walk in the light. <laughs> I can't live in darkness. I can't fool you, God. I was fooling me, but your word reminded me that you always know the truth. So God is letting Joshua know that when you do this, your ways will be prosperous. It's right there in the text. I'm not making this up. It's right there in the text. Look, look at verse 8, the latter part. It says this, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See, see, uh, oftentimes you have a lot of people saying that if you put money here, you'll be prosperous. God says when you put your investment in my word, you'll be prosperous. See, we get caught up with monetary means, but yet God created the earth. There's nothing he will withhold from us, his children, that he wants us to have. And catch this, it may not come at the moment and the time you want it, but it's going to come. The people, the children of Israel, you think they wanted to roam around for 40 years? But yet God said, I'm going to fulfill my promise. But yet there's a condition involved in that. Uh, that condition is that you obey my will. I I'm the only one that knows the way to get there. I'm the only one that knows the promise I have for you. What, what, what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying this, that God told them the land he's going to give them. They did not tell God. So God knows how to get there and how to achieve it. God knows where he wants to place you in your life. He knows how to get there. He knows the trials and tribulations that are ahead of you. This is just the beginning of the chapter. But Joshua's about to go into some warfare. He's about to go through some rough times. Some times of defeat and some times of victory. Some times of, of doubt and some times of prayer. But through it all, he knew that God would never leave him nor forsake him. Joshua was a man of integrity. He realized that God is going to be for me because he told me so. And since he told me so, that's what I'm going to run on. And then God told me to meditate on his word. Well, I will read his word day and night. I will not just read it, but yet I will meditate or I will speak it out loud. I will make it into a mantra. I will repeat it in my heart. There's some scriptures that you know you need to have in your heart because you're struggling with some issues in your life. You're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you need to read Ephesians 5th chapter. You may be struggling with your tongue. Maybe James 3rd chapter. You may be struggling with fear. Well, just read Psalms 23. You see, there's so much scripture, there's so much power in his word that it can encourage you in times of weakness. 
The enemy's trying to get you, but James 4th chapter, then the 8th and 9th says this, submit to the Lord and resist the devil. Draw nigh to God and he will what? Draw nigh unto you. But I want you to understand that God is always present, but where are you? God wants a relationship with us. God reassures Joshua that, look, you will have success when you obey my word. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Look, God is just reaffirming again. So look, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Do you know that God is always going to be there? This earth is going to pass away, but God will forever remain true. And he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Man will pass away. Man's words and promises will pass away. But God's promise will forever be true. God is letting Joshua. Joshua in the Hebrew is the same as in Jesus in the Greek means the Lord saves. And that's very symbolic because this book is symbolic to how Christ has come to take us to the Lord. Joshua came to take the people into the promised land, to take them into the promise of the Lord. We cannot get into the promise of the Lord without Jesus. If Jesus did not make the way, if Jesus did not close the gap, we would be lost. And Jesus means the Lord saved. I'm glad that the Lord is in the saving business. Joshua is told, be strong or be good, of good courage. Because where I go, guess what? You, where you go, guess what? I will be there. God is telling him. How is it that I can trust God? Just look at the text. God has never fallen short. God has never been incomplete in anything. Have you ever seen half of a sunrise? Have you seen half of a moon? I know you see a half moon with the sun, but I'm saying, have you seen half of a moon? Has the earth just fallen apart one day? You see, God is perfect in what he does. And what he does, he'll do it too, is completion. God has placed a promise in us through Jesus Christ. He knew that we were sinful. He knew we were without direction. So therefore, he gave us direction. How is it that I know I can hold on because I know my father will never leave me nor forsake me. Now I'm saying this, this is on you. I can't make up your mind for you. You have to choose for yourself how much you will trust God. Joshua had to make up his mind that he's going to believe God or believe what the other people are saying. I want you to understand that these same people that Joshua was with, before he is with this generation, the other generation were doubting God. And therefore, they did not make it, but Joshua and Caleb were the two that went from Egypt into the promised land because they trusted God. You see that in Deuteronomy, you see here that, that, that Moses and Aaron will not go into the promised land because they disobeyed God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God desires your obedience in order for him to fully complete what he has in your life. I know we think we can have whatever we want and not do anything. That's how sometimes we go to work. We go to work and think, I don't have to do anything. They're going to pay me anyway. 
I showed up. You, be, you ought to be happy I showed up today. I was thinking about calling in. Yeah, I'm late, but you, you better be happy that I'm here now. We think that's because I showed up, people ought to do me a favor. Just because I'm here, you ought to give me something. Just because I come to your house, you ought to feed me and make me fat. But yet God is saying, look, I'm already here, and I've given you everything that you need. All that I'm asking for you is just obedience. But yet this obedience is not burdensome, it's not troublesome, but it's for your benefit. How is it for your benefit? It'll make your life prosperous. But yet you have to, say, you have to decide for yourself, Father, I will trust you. Because if you can't trust him when things are good, how will you trust him when things are bad? Because you will realize that if he's been there for me through the good times, he'll be there for me through the bad times. And when I get through those bad times, if I, if I face bad, bad times ahead of me, guess what? I know that God will always be there with me. Reminds me of this story I read about a father and a son playing on the deck. And it was kind of cloudy outside. And the father turns his back and he hears a splash. And the son's no longer on the deck. So he dives into the water. And the water is so murky and so dark that he can't see his son. So he's going up and down, gasping for breath and going back down. Then finally he got near the dock and went down towards the post. And he found his son right there. And he tried to pry his son off the post, but the son was holding on so tight, the father had to use all his strength to pull the boy away. And he gets up and above the ground and, and revives the son, and he asks the son, says, son, how could you hold on that long? And the son looks up to his father and says, dad, I was waiting on you. I'm glad that I have a father, that no matter what circumstances I'm in, I won't be left down to drown on my own, but I can wait on the father to come and save me out of the position that I'm in. I knew that there's just that little boy that I'm in a position where I can't get my way out, but I know my father <laughs> will come. If an earthly father can have so much trust from a son, how much more the creators of the heaven and the earth can we trust him to bring us out? Can we trust him to bring us through? Can we trust him to be a man of his word? Yes, we can. Do you know that God will lead you and guide you all the way? Do you not know that Jesus came to show you the way? He says, if you see me, you have seen the Father, for I and the Father are the same. I'm glad that God will not leave us. I know there's times you may feel you might be underwater like that little boy, and you're holding on for dear life, hoping for somebody to save you. But I want you to understand that only when you call on the name of Jesus will you truly be saved. There's no other name you can call on and be saved. But when when you call on Jesus, the master's name of Jesus, the name above all names, that's Jesus, Emmanuel, the Lord is with us, the prince of priests. John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I 
myself was drowned and steep in sin, but I called on the master, and he stretched out his hands, and he lifted me up and put me on dry land. I'm glad that my life is in his hands. It's not in my hands. It's not in your hands. It's not in my boss's hands, but in his hands, and God's hands are the strongest hands. He, he will never, ever leave me nor forsake me, so I'm glad that no matter where I go in my life, that God is always there. He's watching me. Aren't you glad about that? Is he all right? I'm glad that God can do such things. Good God from Zion. You ought to tell somebody that God will never leave me nor forsake me. You should tell somebody that I'm going to keep my hand in his hands. And you should tell somebody that God will never let go of me. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to tell somebody. I wish somebody would testify and say, I know there was times I didn't know where to go, but God brought me through. There was times I didn't think I was going to make it, but the Lord brought me through. I wish someone could testify with me this morning. Knowing that there's times I didn't know where I was going. My family was lost, but God found me. God kept me. God knew where I was. I was never lost. I just want to close with this. Knowing that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Just as Joshua came to lead the people into the promised land, God still did not forget about his people. His people are still lost in sin. His people are still making sacrifices daily to atone for their sins. But God knew that I would have to sin myself. I will send my son. He will lay down his crown, his crown for some thorns. He will step out of his glory into a human mortal body. He will go to the cross and, not, and die on the cross for our sins. And, and catch this, they thought they had him defeated. They thought death had the victory. But oh, death, where is thy victory? Oh, sin, where is thy sting? I'm glad that Jesus defeated death. Uh, and and so early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Uh, how much power? All power in his hands. The Father put all things under his feet. And so at his feet, I now bow and say, Lord, I will trust you, and I know you will be with me wherever I go. And how do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. And not only does your Bible tell me so, but I see it daily in my life. Does anybody have a testimony knowing that there was times you didn't know where you were going? But God sent people your way. God sent a blessing your way. If God got to perform a miracle to complete what he has in your life, guess what? He'll do it. How else did they walk on dry land to get to the promised land? How else did the walls of Jericho come tumbling down? It wasn't by scientific experiment, but it was the power of God. The power of God is available for us in our lives. God just wants us to submit to him, and he will give us all that we need in our lives. But I can't make up the mind for you. It's up to you to be strong and of good courage, knowing that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be there, and he's waiting for you to stay there and do all that you can do is stand. Put on the whole armor of God, and guess what? God will fight your battles. God will rescue you. God will be your strength. 
God will be your, your shelter in a time of storm. God can be all things for you. But are you willing to submit yourself to him and allow him guide you into the promised land? There's a promise in your life that only he can complete. You need to trust him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now, we come to you, God, just thank you, Lord, for your promise in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, Father, there's times that we have turned from your word, times we have been disobedient towards you. But, Father, it was by your grace and your mercy that brought us through. And, Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. Father, right now, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus, who has not confessed Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, we just want to lead them in this prayer right now. God, you know their heart. They confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart. This prayer, if that's you, if that's you, we just want to pray this prayer. We just repeat after me saying, dear Lord Jesus, that's right, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the grave on the third day. And that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. And Father, I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you for forgiving me. And Jesus, I thank you for saving me. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Still, every head bowed, every eyes closed. That's you. If you pray that prayer for the first time, you ask Christ to come into your life. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Right now, if you're looking for a church home, we want to pray this prayer with you. Father, right now, Zion's that place for me to come, for me to grow, for me to mature, for me to be a part of this church as they go out into the community and, and show the love of Christ, Father. I want to be a part of this, Father, Lord. If this is where you have me to be, to be used by you, I will join today and, and join this family. In Jesus' name we pray. The church say amen. amen. May we stand as we open up the doors of the church. We extend our hands of discipleship.